Uh, today we're going to talk about sacred service. We're still on the My Church series. We, those, most of you will remember the, the second week of October, we celebrated five years that God has had this church together as a fellowship. That's exciting. We got a lot of new faces, a lot of new folks that have been attending. And so uh, we, we, uh, we don't make a huge deal about membership. Uh, we just want folks to get together and worship the Lord and so that we can coordinate and go out and be church out there. This is not church. We're church. So you don't come to church, you bring church to this fellowship, and then we get to go out and be church uh, to everyone that we can try to meet. Uh, but it also is good. We've, also, we've had a little bit of a encouragement if the Lord is leading you for this to be your home church where, where he is basing you spiritually. Uh, we, we have had a, an encouragement to, hey, let us know, you know if this is where, where you want to set up camp for this season of your life. We'll put you down as, as a member and uh, give you a, a, a good special on the gathering tattoo that we'll give you at that point or whatever. You know. but, uh, but with that, we, we wanted just that the Lord led me to just talk about what he has planted in this church, what it was about. So we've, we had a week that we talked about our, our mission statement and, and our vision, uh, our, our strategy of, of how we uh how we feel led to bring about the mission statement. The mission statement is to know him and make him known. Our strategy is to gather, grow, and go. By grow, we don't necessarily mean numerically. God adds to us as he sees fit, but we need to grow as servants and as believers uh, of the king and, and grow in the kingdom, find out what that is. Uh, the more we grow in him, the more we disappear, Right? Uh, the, the less of our desires take place, but his desires come to fruition in our life. Uh, and his desires that he has for you is greater than any desire you could have for yourself. Trust me on that. Uh, we, we've talked about one of, the, one of the greatest gifts he has placed within the heartbeat of this church is the, is, is the ministry of giving. And what a beautiful... Matter of fact, I want to I show you. If you remember if several weeks back, we took up a quick offering for an orphanage in Pakistan uh, which we wound up, ultimately, we wound up being able to uh, uh, send them uh, $1,282, $1,282, which is about four months' worth of supplies. And they have, so, uh, this, now, uh, this is Salim in the blue shirt, worshiping. These are some of the orphanage they're leading in worship. Look, look how beautiful this is. In Pakistan, these beautiful babies are lifting up holy hands, praising the name of Jesus in the middle of a Muslim country, that this is not really a, a welcome sight. And yet, and yet they are glorifying the King of Kings at this young age. And, and uh, they were needing food and medicine going into this holiday season. They kind of asked if they could get a, a month's help. We were able to give them about four months' worth. Uh, so he, he wanted you to see he's able to pass out some juice. They're getting some nutrition into these kids. These beautiful kids are eating. And Bode, they're eating rice, brother. Look at that. Bode is the rice man. He loves him some rice. Uh, so I thought of Bode when I saw that. I was like, man, Bode, he'll go to Pakistan with me if he knows they're going to serve him some rice. And uh, so here are these beautiful kids worshiping. And uh, they're actually in the process of, they, they were able to buy some material. They're going to try to put on a little bit of a Christmas program there at the orphanage going into the season. So uh, uh, Salim, his wife, the, all the kids send their thanks and gratitude and love. And so these pictures, uh, them drinking and eating and worshiping, it was you, you were able to facilitate that just sitting right here in this room. Isn't that awesome how the kingdom of God works? 
Amen. So uh, we'll get into our scripture here in a second. Uh, we, we, last week, we talked about uh, uh, the blessing of tithing, uh, uh, the returning the tithe, and, and uh, how you know, we're not legalistic about that, but it's also a blessing I don't want you to miss out on. And, and uh, now, however you choose to walk that out in your faith journey, that's your, that's your choice. Uh, uh, but there is an incredible blessing uh, when, when it comes to returning the tithe. We don't give tithes. Uh, we don't pay tithes. Uh, the Bible says they already re- it already belongs to God. So, so we return it uh, in faith. And uh, so this week, this week we're going to wrap, wrap up uh, the, the My Church series in a way. What is it about my church? What, what is my church? What, what is it that we do? Uh, so that's kind of what we've been talking about these last few weeks. So this week, I want to talk about sacred service. And that's what service in the kingdom really is. It's, it's a sacred thing. It's a, it's a sacred act because it's, it's putting action and feet onto your faith. The book of James says that faith without works is dead. Now, now we don't have to work for salvation. Salvation is a free gift. All we have to do is believe and trust him. Believe that Jesus Christ not only died for our sins, but he rose three days afterwards. The Bible says if you believe in your heart, confess with your mouth, you'll be saved. And so salvation is a wonderful free gift. Now to live out our faith, that's the rest of our life. That's the rest of our journey. Uh, it's not just a matter of, hey, you know, Jesus saved me, so I've got me a bestie for life. And, and that's really the way a lot of modern Christianity has treated this. Uh, he didn't save you so he could be your best friend and make you feel good about yourself. He will make you feel good about yourself. And there are times that he will correct you, and you, you ain't going to feel too good about yourself, really. Because you realize, oh, Lord, I, I need to straighten up. I need to line up here. What he, he saved you so that he could birth you into a kingdom. Uh, the kingdom is not a democracy or a republic. You know, we just got through voting last week. We have a democratic republic. That we have. A if you're praising God for the election, praise God. If you're mourning the election, we'll go ahead and mourn. It's all done and said. It's time to get back to the business of the kingdom at hand. And the kingdom has been around long before America. It'll be around long after America. Uh, the kingdom of God is eternal, and a kingdom is not a democracy. You don't get a vote with God. I, I give God my opinions all the time. Most of the time, you don't listen to him. What, what he is, he is king, and he is my king, and I have to learn to submit. And what do you do with a king? You, you serve a king. And, but the beautiful thing is you serve him the way he has it set up. You serve him by serving each other and serving his purpose. How beautiful is that? To have a king that says, hey, I don't need anything. I'm God. But in order to serve me, I want you to serve each other and do my will and do my work. Uh, So that's what we're going to talk about today. So we're going to read from the book of Acts, chapter 6. It's almost self-explanatory. This is almost the early prototype for how a lot of churches and denominations will have have, uh, set up deacons to help oversee churches and, and whatnot. So this, this is kind of a, one of the earliest prototypes in that mindset. Acts chapter 6, uh, actually starting with verse 3. I think, I, I, think my, uh, I said verse 1 up top, but it's really verse 3. 
And so brothers, so, oh, well, actually, no, we are with verse one. I'm sorry, I was one slide ahead. Forgive me on that one. But as the believers rapidly multiplied, there were rumblings of discontent. The Greek-speaking believers complained about the Hebrew-speaking believers, saying that their widows were being discriminated against and the daily distribution of food. Now notice, said as the believers were rapidly multiplying, there were rumblings of discontent. Man, it wouldn't be church if it wasn't rumblings of discontent, right? <laughs> now what was happening is even though the, these Jews had, were, were being saved and were becoming followers of Jesus, they had generations of, of racism really kind of poured into them. And it shows you how big of a stronghold that can be in a lot of lives. That, you know, they were taught all their life that, hey, Gentiles, they're pagan, they're, they're below us. And so now they're having to get used to this even playing field that, as Paul writes in Romans, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So, so it levels us all off. We are all sinners in need of Jesus. And, and so, you know, it... it I heard one preacher say, it, it, it's easy for God to get us out of Egypt. It takes a while to get Egypt out of us, right? And, and so that's what was going on with some of these early uh, Jewish believers. They were still kind of falling back into some old mindsets. And so they were discriminating against the daily distribution of food when it came to widows. So the 12 called a meeting of all the believers. They said, we apostles should spend our time teaching the word of God, not running a food program, <laughs> Right? They weren't saying they were above serving people food. They were just acknowledging what their role and their task in the body was. And for their job, they were supposed to pray so that they could understand the word of God and then teach it and preach it so that folks could grow spiritually, right? And, and it was going to be hard for them to do that if they're running a food line the whole time. So this was their solution. And so, brothers, select seven men who are well-respected and are full of the spirit and wisdom. Now notice, usually if you can find seven men in a church that are extremely well-respected, so full of the Holy Spirit, so full of wisdom, we want, in modern-day Christianity, we want to hand them a trophy, right? <laughs> or we want to you know, name the wing that we're going to build onto the church house after them. You know, this, this is, the, this is the, the, the Rob Smith wing, because he's an, a respected member, full of the Holy Spirit, full of wisdom, and man, we look up to him. Or, or we'll, we'll at least put their names on a, on a little placard on the side of one of the pews. We dedicate this pew to John Williams, because he's full of wisdom, full of the Holy Spirit, respected man. In reality, in the kingdom of God, if, if, you, are, if, if you are powerful, the way you get rewarded is not, we don't hand out trophies. We hand out towels. <laughs> you get to serve. That, why? Because it's sacred. It's incredible. It's beautiful. It becomes supernatural. I'll give you some examples here in a few moments. But listen, it's like, hey, find these seven men that are awesome, man. They're full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom. And they're really respected, man. They're living right. What are we going to do? We're going to give them this responsibility. Hey, they get to become the cafeteria ladies. Right? <laughs> hey, brother, we want to honor you. Put this hairnet on. <laughs> right? 
then we apostles can spend our time in prayer and teaching the word. Why? Because were they too good? No, they weren't too good. They would serve. Jesus taught them how to serve. It's just that they, hey, this is our job. We got we to take care of this. This other, this other stuff, it's a need too. So find some powerful folk. Find, find some powerful men who can oversee this, right? And so this is, they, they list them off. They get honored here. Look at this. Then uh, everyone liked this idea and they chose the following. Stephen, a man full of faith in the Holy Spirit. Man, Stephen, if you needed to, full of faith, that means he was fully persuaded. He trusted God above everything he could see, smell, touch, hear. Man, he just touched. He said, well, give that man a mic. Let him preach. No, they gave him a ladle. Said, hey, go feed our people, man. So he did. Philip, Prochorus, uh, Nicanor, Timon, Parmenas. Man, all these Greek names are messing me up this one and Nicholas of Antioch, an earlier convert to the Jewish faith. These seven were presented to the apostles who prayed for them as they laid their hands on them. So God's message continued to spread. The number of believers greatly increased in Jerusalem, and many of the Jewish priests were converted too. That was a pretty powerful uh, season there for the early church, that even some of the priests that had been raised studying the Torah from the time they were Young and memorized, had, had the Torah mostly memorized. These guys, all of a sudden, they're starting to convert to Christianity and connect all the dots with Jesus and from the Old Testament, all this stuff. So it was powerful stuff. Why? Because, because the apostles were able to concentrate on what God had called them to do. They, were, they raised up some men to concentrate on a calling that God wanted them to serve in for that capacity. And say, all because... There was a group of seven guys that knew how to feed people. So well, that doesn't sound, you know, you would think, well, wait a minute, because we got, because the praise team started rehearsing and got five times better than what they were, they started, woo, the church started expanding. Or, or because, man, these preachers really learned how to preach. They finally went and got some uh, coaching on how to do public oratory. No. What caused this great amount of revival? The fact that someone was willing to get up and start feeding some folk and make sure that the, the Greek widows had just as much food as the Hebrew widows to actually just serve the people of God fairly. That's powerful. Servanthood. Service. To, man, it, we, we have it so wrong in the modern-day church Folks aspire to, ooh, let me on stage. Give me a microphone. Give me a chance to preach. You know, hey, give me a guitar. Give me a, you know, put me behind a keyboard. Or let me, you know, hey, let, I'll be, let me be in charge of this and make sure everybody gets to see me, you know. We, we have a, a celebrity mindset within the church. And that's not how the body of Christ works. We're, we're going to learn here in a second that that when you become a servant, you become one of the greatest parts of the body of Christ. Here's a kingdom mindset. In the kingdom of God, we are called to serve, not volunteer. Say, well, what's the difference? There's a huge difference. Serving is sacred. Serving becomes spiritual. Serving connects you to the Father. Volunteering can be a beating Let's just be honest, right? 
I get to serve in a lot of capacity. Yesterday, man, the, the crew of us that went out to take turkey orders, we knocked on over 200 doors, like 220 doors, something like that. 220 doors knocking on folks. Uh, Eric and I, we all split up into, you know, the Lord sends you two by two. So I, I went out, I said, Ooh, I know who I'm volunteering with here or I'm going to serve with. This sweet thing right here I'm married to. I get to go knock on doors. So we went, we had a chance. We got to pray for several folk and, and just love on folk and, and, and uh, see some smiles. Uh, there's some, some folks didn't open the door, so we just, you know, left, left the tag there to let them know where they can call if they wanted a turkey dinner. Well, what was that? That was serving. It, was, it became fun. Were we tired? Yeah, I was tired. I got up early because we had men's Bible study. And then left men's Bible study, went straight over, and, you know, Brother Tokes was there too. Boy, he was joining us for men's Bible study, and all of a sudden, there we were banging on doors. So, but the onion rings were worth it, weren't they? Sister Medjibby, we went to Tom's Burgers afterwards, ordered some of those onion rings. And they got some fried pickles. They got to try some fried pickles. Uh, nothing wrong with that. But, uh, <laughs> something's wrong with that. Oh, there's nothing wrong with that. Hey, sometimes your cholesterol is low. You got to get it back up. Now, I will say this. I... My, uh, my oldest daughter, Sophia, plays uh, basketball for L.D. Bell uh, Ladies Basketball Program. And so as all the basketball, those of you who have kids that play sports, you know, they're always looking for help and this and that. And so out of obligation, I wind up signing up sometime during the season to work concessions, right? You would think I would love it because I, 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 you know, you all know me. I like to cook, all this stuff. So, and this is easy, right? You just got nachos, hot dogs, all this stuff. I volunteer for it. I haven't figured out how to go in it with a servant's heart, but I volunteer for it. And I plaster a smile on. Yeah, and I hate every moment of it. <laughs> Why? Because I volunteered for it, right? We volunteer for PTA. We volunteer for neighborhood things. You know, you know what I mean in life? And you usually when you volunteer for something, typically halfway through it, you're like, or right before it, you're like, why did I volunteer for that? I got to get up in the morning and go do this. Why did I, you know? So church is, church is part of a kingdom. Church is not a nonprofit looking for volunteers. Church is serving a greater part of what Christ wants done in the earth, if we're doing church right, which means we all are called to serve, not volunteer. Look at this. I, I love some of this stuff. For you, Galatians 5, 13, 14, for you have been called to live in freedom. Woo, man, you're free. If you're in Christ Jesus, you're free. You know what free people do? Anything they want, they're free. Say, well, wait a minute, anything you... Paul says all things are lawful. Not all things are beneficial. <laughs> so say, well, I'm a Christian. You mean I can go do this and that? Well, yeah, if you want to, it ain't going to benefit you, so why would you want to do it, right? So he says, and, and he addresses that. He says, you've been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters, but don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another and love. For the whole law can be summed up in this one command. 
Love your neighbor as yourself. Isn't that beautiful? Philippians 2.4, don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. That's really what church fellowship is about, isn't it? We, we've had this mindset in church, you know, where we kind of bounce around, hop around. Well, I'm, I don't feel like I'm getting fed here anymore, so I'm going to hop over here. Why? Because church becomes, we go to church so that we can be fed. Well, hopefully you're not coming to church so you can be fed, because you're going to starve. You need to be getting fed by the Holy Spirit and the Word of God all week long on a daily basis. If you're just waiting on one of my sermons to feed you, trust me, you're going you're to starve. <laughs> but if you come to church with the thought of, I get to be around my brothers and sisters. Lord, show me how I can serve. And in serving, you're going to wind up getting filled. Do you realize when Jesus fed the multitude with fishes and loaves, the times that he did that, right? Thousands of people. He's dividing fish and bread. And it just keeps coming and coming. And we all go, woo, wasn't that an awesome miracle? Well, guess what? Guess who was doing all the serving? The disciples. Man, I've been walking around with this man for almost three years. He's got me serving fish and loaf to all these people. I'm hungry too. But if you read the accounts, after everyone had their fill, they went around and collected the leftovers, and all 12 of them would show back up with a big basket full of fish and bread. In other words, yeah, they served. They got to serve for the sake of their Savior. But they had plenty. They had plenty that they got to feed on and eat on. So well, I, I don't want to serve when I go to church because I'm so busy during the week. I need to get my, I need to be able to eat. You'll get to eat, trust me. If, if everybody shows up when we get together, because you remember, this is not church, your church. So you, you didn't, come to church today, you brought church. And so we all get together to fellowship as church. And if we all serve, everybody gets to eat. Isn't that beautiful? It's a sacredness. There, uh, we'll, we'll talk about it here in a moment. Matthew 23, 11, this is Jesus talking. The greatest amongst you must be a volunteer. No, that's silly, isn't it? The greatest, I mean, we all know because the greatest amongst us are the preachers, right? Because, man, the preachers, they're the ones who get up on stage and they got a microphone and they get to talk all the time. So they got to be the greatest, right? No, usually, like, we're, we're more of the uh, proof of the grace of God, really, more so than anything else. The greatest amongst you must be a servant, someone who serves, not volunteers. It's a different mindset. I'll be really honest with you. There are, there are some days, because I'm, I'm human, so I'm going to confess. There are some days I'm weary, and I show up on Sundays, and, and I know the Lord's given me a word, and I'm going to preach it. But, but doing the, the construct of church and making sure everything's set up and everything, it, it's, it becomes a job some days. And on those days, it can be very wearisome right? It can even be a little bit of a beating, you know? But on days, the days that I, that I show up and I understand really the Lord has called me to serve, it doesn't bother me to pull chairs out. Why? Because man, I get to serve. My brothers and sisters are getting, they need some place to sit during church. I get, I get to be the one 
to set that out. You know, I get to I get to help do this. I get to help do that. Why? Because I want to serve. It's a totally different mindset. My my family, my family will come for Thanksgiving to my and Erica's house. Our heartbeat will be, we want our family to be able to show up. Now they'll bring some of the food too, but if they're going to be in my house, I want them to kick back and relax and let us serve. What do they need? What do they want? Don't worry about it. Hey, I'll go get it. Hey, give me a glass. I'll go fill it back up. Why? Because I want to serve my family. There's something precious about serving your family, isn't it? Look at this real quick. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 18 through 26. But our bodies have many parts. Everyone, if you have a body today, raise your hand. Let me see if you got a body. Have you brought a body with you? All right. There's many parts in that body, right? And God has put each part just where he wants it. How strange a body would be if it only had one part. If you showed up today and all you were was an elbow, it would be like a ridiculous looking body, wouldn't it? Yes, there are many parts, but only one body. So the eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. Man, that's powerful. We don't have any right to, to tell anyone who's trying to find Jesus Christ here, who, who dons our doors. We don't have any right to say, hey, we don't need you here. Hmm. The eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. The head can never say to the feet, I don't need you. In fact, now this is awesome. In fact, some parts of the body that seem weakest and least important are actually the most necessary. Now, we are all part of the body of Christ, right? And in our humanity, we have a bad way of just always looking at what we can see, right? So, so I could go like, okay, for instance, we've got Maddox Alatunde here who had a fabulous year quarterback in the LD Bell football team, right? And I don't care what happened in, like the refs cheated. That's all I'm saying. I don't care what happened at halftime. Refs cheated. That came from your preacher. <laughs> Now, Maddox, Maddox works out, right? So I could get him up on stage and say, Maddox, show us them arms, and he could flex for you. And you guys could be like, "Woo! that's some impressive arms, man. You got some guns on them. Why? Because we can see the arms. He's a good-looking guy. I said, man, woo, look at that face. Look at that smile. He's a good-looking guy. Look at that hair. Look at that. He's a, look at that. He's eating it up. Look at that. See, he's just grinning. He's like, it's about time Dave preaches truth. So... Now, I could say, hold up, hold up, but you think that's impressive. Check out his liver, and I could reach in and pull out his liver, and most of y'all would be like, bleh, bleh, you know, throwing up, right? And I go, well, wait a minute, no, this is a great liver, man. He's got a healthy liver. Well, here's the thing. He, he could live without arms, right? He, he could live without a smile. He could even live without eyes if he had to. He'd have a hard time living without a liver. Now, you'd say, well, it's pretty weak, though. It's not as strong as those arms because you could squish it, right? But notice, <laughs> some of the body parts that are the weakest and least important, like we, you don't think about your liver. You don't think about your kidneys. You don't think about your lungs. You don't think about your heart. You don't think about your intestines. You don't think about your spleen. You don't think about all these things. But yet, they're, they're far more vital than your beautiful eyes and your cute ears and your, you know, your mama's nose that you got or whatever, right? They're far more vital. 
Matter of fact, they're protected and they're covered, are they not? It goes on to say, and the parts we regard as less honorable are those we clothe with the greatest care. On all of our bodies, we all in private, we look at ourselves and go, man, let me make sure I cover that up. And then we put on clothes and we're like, you know, man, people will put on big clothes or they do whatever and say, woo, man, I'm going to go for a walk. Hang on. Let me make sure I got all this. So how I look, Dave, you look like a big man about to go for a walk. That's what you look like, you know, no matter how much I, but we cover the things about us that we think are less honorable. We don't say, well, chop it off. Nope. I don't need it. No, we actually take more care, right? Ooh, let me cover that up. I don't want people to see any of this, right? We take more care. So we carefully protect those parts that should not be seen. That's really what we're supposed to do in church, right? Look, we're full of all kinds of different personalities. And we got some folks that are strong in faith and some folks that are struggling in faith. And we got some folks that are calm and even keeled. Then we got some folks that within any wave of drama, boy, they're just tossed to and fro. That's just where people are in their growth. You know, I, I've said, you heard me say it before. Church is like a big bowl of cereal, man. God's got full of milk and honey and lots of nuts and flakes. And I probably fall in those last two categories, right? But we don't sit there and go, oh, <laughs> yeah, you guys are weird, so we're going to push you out. No, there are times in love, the Bible says perfect love covers a multitude of sins, right? So there are times in love that we kind of go, oh, come here, brother. Let's just kind of go over here, <laughs> you know, keep worshiping. <laughs> or, eh, okay, so, you know, sister so-and-so is having a hard day. Let's kind of bring her over here, love on her a little bit. What do we do? In other words, we, everyone is vital. Everyone is a part. But what's incredible are those who, the parts that are seen the least, he says, are the most important. See, everyone can say, hey, Pastor Dave, thanks so much for that word. Thanks so much for that sermon. I really needed it today. And you shake my hand as I'm over by the door and we're, we're greeting. Thank you so much for that word. But nobody thinks about the person who drugged the stage out. Or, or put the C-clamps, had to get on the cold floor to put these orange C-clamps that keeps the stage from, like, sliding so Pastor Dave doesn't do the splits in front of all y'all. Or, or who hooked up the sound system so that Pastor Dave could wear a mic to preach a sermon. Nobody sees those folk. Yet Paul says, man, they're, they're the most important isn't that awesome how servanthood works? Then he goes on to say, while the more honorable parts do not require the special care. So those that usually get honor, you know, the parts of you that you like, well, I like my eyes, so I'm going to accentuate them, you know, or Ooh, my hair is looking good. I'm not going to cover it today. Why? You're giving it honor. Yeah, it doesn't require all that care. So God has put the body together such that extra honor and care are given to those parts that have less dignity. This makes for harmony among the members so that all the members care for each other. Or in other words, all the members serve one another. If one part suffers, all parts suffer with it. And if one part is honored, all the parts are glad. It's sacred service. Now, let me, let me explain why service is sacred and beautiful and spiritual. 
Uh, and it's not volunteering. When, when you understand what God has called, how God has called you to serve. And I, I, I am not expert enough to look at you and say, ooh, God has called you to serve in this way. You need to go do this. Oh, no. Everyone needs to ask the Holy Spirit, show me how I can serve. For whatever season, how can I best be utilized in the kingdom of God to serve? Uh, for example, my, I, you remember, I, I, I was just saying a few minutes ago that serving family is there's something wonderful about being able to serve family and to bless family. And, and man, I, I, I had a brother. Uh, he would have been 54 years old, and he passed away nine years ago. And I miss him like crazy. And I have tried to talk God into just giving me one more day with him, letting him come back somehow for one more day, Man, if my brother walked through my door today, I'd make him a double meat, double cheese smash burger with some bacon on it, homemade sweet potato fries. We'd sit down, we'd watch football the rest of the day and talk and laugh. And anything he needed, man, I'd take care of for him. Because I miss him that bad. And like I said, God doesn't really listen to my opinions very often, right? That's the problem. I hadn't figured out how to talk God into that plan. So we, we went to, uh, just last weekend, we did the men's retreat. And uh, like many of the men, I showed up very tired. Physically, I was just tired. Uh, not anything bad, just life, right? Uh, sometimes you get tired. I showed up, man, I was tired. And I showed up early on Friday, and uh, uh, Bob and Carrie were already there. And let me tell you, folks tell me all the time, man, I wish I wish I got to hang out with Bob Kimball. Man, that must be a really cool conversation. That'd be really cool to hang out with Bob Kimball. And uh, Ryan can attest to what I'm about to say because he has to live with the man. Like, let me tell you about Bob Kimball. That man will work you. <laughs> say, ooh, I'm going to go hang out with Bob. No, you're going to work. That's what you're going to do. You can go hang out with him. Because his mind is always going. And he's always got something going on, right? Well, we had men's retreat. And so I showed up. He said, hey, show up. Help, help me start prepping this food. Okay, yeah, yeah. And so I show up because we're, we're kind of co-working in the kitchen, right? Man, he had me doing everything else. I was making beds. I was moving furniture. I was doing, man, you name it. I was, man, he worked me. That man worked me. So by the time the men got there, which they all showed up looking tired too, Man, I was really tired. But when they walked in the door, something in my heart leapt. Because as bad as I wish my brother, the Lord will let my brother come on back from heaven just for a day, man, I had 12 brothers that I actually got to serve. And Bob and I went to town, we were serving, and I wanted everyone just to relax and have a beautiful time. I didn't care how tired I was. Man, we'll sleep at some point. And what was awesome, I watched my brothers turn around and start serving each other too to the point of, hey, what can I do? Hey, hey, how can I help? How can I do this? How can I do that? Man, you start seeing some of their giftings come into play. Man, if you need an assembly line, especially when it comes to food, go talk to Steve back here. My brother Steve, man, he'll, he'll get you set up far more organized than I am. 
And, and so that was the beautiful thing was to say, all of a sudden, man, brothers started serving each other. And guess what? Everybody got to eat. Everybody got to eat too much. That was, look at Peter's amen and on that. Peter hadn't eaten since the men's retreat. That's how full he was. He came back so full. He said, I ate that smash burger. I ain't ate since. I've had so much protein. Uh, and that was the, that was the beautiful, most beautiful thing. Matter of fact, one of my favorite moments, Paul, Paul Jones was sitting at the table. I was getting all the stuff ready to, to make burgers that last night, and I must have looked really serious or tired or something. I don't know. I was, like, concentrating. And he waved at me. I looked up, and he, he said, is everything okay? And I said, man, everything's about to be better than okay. We're about to have some burgers. So, but I came back. Was I tired? Yeah, sure. Man, all of us were tired when we got there. Were we tired when we left? Yeah, oh yeah, we didn't get enough sleep and we ate way too much food. Had too much fun. But man, I came back, my heart was so full. Why? Because I, I got to serve my brothers. And then some of them were serving me in ways that they don't even know. That's the beauty of serving, and that's why it's sacred. It serving supersedes even physical weariness. You can serve and still pour out and still receive so much. And the Lord will bless you. He'll, hey, I, I got to sleep since then. So, you know, we're all good. I'm still standing. So are all the men. But we had a wonderful time. So I say all of that to say that there, there is, when it comes to your church, my church, our church, there are so many ways to be able to serve. Uh, and I want to encourage you this. Why? Because we have a wonderful pastoral staff who are called to preach the word. A lot of our energy in the mornings on Sunday is spent setting up church. <laughs> and then out of the leftover energy, we are trying to teach and preach in all facets, you know, from children's to youth to the, the adult church. Uh, and I'm not saying that, that we aren't, you know, look, we, we, the, this group works hard. They, they will serve God hard. None of us are above any of it. Uh, but what a joy. I don't want anyone to miss out on the blessing and sacredness of being able to serve. And so here in the coming weeks, as we get closer to the end of the year, going into the new year, we're actually going to have, uh, we're going to set it up almost like a job fair <laughs> where you can find a lot more details and different ways that you can serve. Uh, did you, did you, do you realize that you may say, oh, look, I'm not called to children's ministry. I don't even like kids. Don't get me around kids. Do you realize there's a way that you can serve, there are ways you can serve the children's ministry and never even have to mess with a kid. Never even have to get any of their snot on you. One bit, right? But you can be a blessing. Uh, say, I don't know anything about technology. I don't know anything about tech. You can still serve the tech ministry and not have to push one button. So what do you mean? When it comes to the tech ministry, hey, if someone, if, if someone says, you know what? Hey, I will show up and I will pull. We got cases and bags and crates that get moved out here every Sunday morning that start getting unpacked and all the techies start plugging in. Man, it would be a huge help for them if you're like, hey, I, can, I'm, I got muscle. I can pull this stuff out. Show up early, pull it all out, run back home, take a shower. Or you don't even have to shower. Just, you know, we just won't smell you. you know, we'll stay away from you a little bit. 
or even after church. Uh, I will say, uh, uh, I, I've talked about this before, and Bode's like, you gave away my secret. Uh, Bode, a lot of Sundays, uh, he'll go out for walks, uh, uh, and just kind of his solo meditation time. He'll swing by here. You'll see these orange clamps that are up under the stage. He'll get down there and screw those in for us real quick. He makes a pit stop, does that, runs back home, starts getting ready for church. So I appreciate it because it makes life safer for me up here, right? And, uh, and what he told me, he goes, this is the easiest thing I get to do all week. I lay down and I turn something. <laughs> uh, it would be a huge blessing for someone to say, hey, I can serve. Man, if, if he sets it up, if he, if he does those clamps, as soon as we say the last amen, everyone out of my way, I'll get down there and unscrew them for you every Sunday. Uh, chairs. Everybody likes sitting in chairs, right? As opposed to the floor, right? <laughs> if we got four or five people say, you know what? Hey, I will volunteer to do chairs. We could rotate out every week where once a month, once every five, six weeks, show up and help us set up chairs. Man, that'd be a blessing. And then the other weeks, you get to just come in and enjoy it. And we got enough people to do that. One, one thing that my, my wife does uh, every Sunday, uh, one way that she serves, uh, and, and no one asked her, she just she saw a need and said, hey, I'm going to do this. Uh, uh, Jamie Sneed does a remarkable job with our tiny gathering, our nursery ministry. And she has a heart. That's her heart, man. She, that's how she serves. I'm always like, Jamie, if you need to come out for air, nope, pastor, I got this, I got this. You know, and we pump in the service so she gets to listen in there. And we love and appreciate. And she loves the babies of this church like her own. And, and she's got some, and they're precious. Uh, my wife, who, has, who, who birthed four beautiful humans of her own, knows and remembers the days of having little ones. Knows and remembers the days of having little ones and, and uh, being a, you know, having to rush out the door and try to get all that together. So what she does, so that Jamie doesn't have to worry about dragging everything out of the closet, she actually pulls the equipment out of the closet for her and has it staged in there where all she has to do is set up. And, and uh, by doing that, she's blessing Tiny Gathering. So when it comes to children's ministry, yeah, man, hey, talk to Rebecca Robo. If someone could pull something out of the closet for her, say, hey, look, I will get all your gear out of the closet, have it ready for you, where all you got to do is set it up. That would bless the children's ministry. You wouldn't even have to work. With youth ministry, sometimes say, I don't even like, I want to be around teenagers. Hey, if you'd just be willing to be an Uber every now and then and say, hey, you're going to go to, I will help transport you to this event. I'll show back up and help drive you home. I just don't want to have to interact with them. Oh, that'd be a huge blessing. Or even if you're like, hey, you know what? Every month I will bring you a pile of snacks for you to eat on. That'd be a huge blessing to these teenagers. You don't even have to interact with them if you don't want. In other words, there is something you can do in every stage. Microphones. Hey, pull, the, pull a case out and just put the mics in. It's almost like the you know, little peg game when you're a kid, right? You just put the, put the mics in the case. So something beautiful you can do and some way to serve. And if everybody, we got enough folks, if everyone serves, ain't no one going to get wore out, ain't no one going to get burnt out, and everyone's going to have a chance to do what they need to do. Amen. Let's all stand. Thank you. I know I went a bit longer today than usual, but I want, I want you to hear our heart. One of the greatest ways that you can serve the Lord is actually right here among, amongst our fellowship. And there's a ton of things you can do. Amen. Let's all pray real quick. Father, I love you. I praise you. Father, I just ask that you speak to every heart 
Lord, we don't want to manipulate. We don't want to twist arms. Uh, folks, Lord, if, if folks don't feel called to a certain area, we, we definitely don't want them to be pressured into it. But Father, you have called us all to your kingdom. So show us, Lord, how we can serve in some way and help us to grow. We thank you and we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to sing one more song. If you need prayer for anything, I'll hang out over on the side. Feel free to come over. I'll stand in faith with you. And uh, don't forget, if the Lord has moved on you to take uh, a, another shoebox or two, feel free to do so after service as well. Let's worship as a family one more time. Amen.